Welcome to Beyond Hood and Evil, folks. We're your host. I'm Mike. That's Chris. Hi. Let's jump in. <laughs> Already with the shenanigans. Chris, what are we getting into today? Man, I guess we're going to be trying to get into the beyond of it and talking about aging while black. You know what I'm saying? How How is it that when you're 30 years old and you old in a black community? You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like it's over for you, washed. And then I guess for the hood of it, we're gonna be talking about preferences and dating and how they're, you know, as a it seemed like today, you know, as a man, you can't have preference. But if you are, if you're no, let me let me let me really be transparent. If you are a cis heteronormative male, <laughs> you cannot have a preference. But if you are anything else, you could do whatever you want. And it's like, man, what what is what is that like? You know what I'm saying? How is that? You know, where's my equity? You know what I'm saying? I want to seat at the table. <laughs> So yeah, man, that's what we talking about today, man. I respect. So which one you want to get into first? Because it seemed like one is a little more hot than the other one as it relates to your take right now. Man, I think uh, we could talk about we could talk about the agent piece. We stay in order of operations. You know, what I'm saying PEMDAS. You know, PEMDAS. Remember that? Please excuse my day on Sally. I don't think they can teach kids that no more. You know, what I'm saying kids be learning like the little. The little magic math that you just put a bunch of numbers and the number come out. I was like, bro, I don't. I remember I, my brother showed me some work he was doing with some kids, and he was just like, "Yo, this is the new math." I looked at this. I was. I had to hit the Tom and Jerry look like. So what are we talking about? Not a calculator, <laughs> right? What are we? What are we talking about? Like math. a piece What's of paper. Magic? It was like it's like you put it's like one hundred thousand. No, it's okay. It's not. A, it's never a round number. First of all, which is my. I'm struggling. If it's not a round number or an even number <laughs> or in and a five, I'm struggling. So it was like one eighteen seventy six. Minus two hundred and fifty-seven thousand six hundred and seventy plus ten times four. I was, and then you put equal, and then it's just, and then you it just say equals, but it's not even that. It's like it's just like in a matrix though. It's like two hundred, and then you don't go order operations. You just do mm-hmm. some magical formula. I can't explain it because I'm not smart. Like I'm not, I don't understand <laughs> math. It doesn't work for me. Like. It just don't make sense. Like it's just numbers, and the next thing you know, it's like a cipher. You know what I'm saying? Like in a storybook, how they got ciphers, mm-hmm. or like like in the, um, what's that joint? Tr- National Treasure, where you got the code. All the, it's like that, and then you come out with numbers. And I was like, dog, but you could have just did minus, like put the numbers on top of each other, like we learned, and he right. just minus. <laughs> Kids don't do that no more. It's all about mental math. And I was like, man, so I couldn't. I probably get a C student. <laughs> so do you think there's do you think it's the it's the technology that we're using? Because I have like a sneaky suspicion that the way we're going to learn is going to be facilitated by like what technology we have access to. Yeah. And we're going to lose a lot of those like pencil skills, like that skill to like write something out. Yeah, like an equation. We're going to lose that to be able to think critically, writing stuff out. We're going to type everything into something, expect the answer back. I think it's going to get into the point where writing is going to become an actual art form. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be nuts that's going to be super duper nuts. Because it's already that way. Like this new generation of kids don't know how to write at all. Like it's just hieroglyphics. Whenever you see it, it's just hieroglyphics. It's like, what is this? It's like, that's A, B, C, D. And I remember that used to be a thing. Like you you had the cool handwriting, especially ladies. That used to make me so, like, you know, I used to be saucy. Cause I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going, I'm about the beasties penmanship joints. You know, you usually got women teachers, female teachers, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and they got the perfect handwriting. Like even the teachers, like it's just very, it's so perfect, you know, it's perfectly mm-hmm. legible. And then me being me, man, my pen writing like a doctor, she's just scribbles, <laughs> scribbles, scribbles. Chicken so like, doing the, so the penmanship cloud of the class, I remember I used to be taking my time trying to do them jumps, like literally taking like a whole 30 seconds just to try to get the A just right, the B just right, and still getting marked down. And then I see, you know, 
Tatiana. Mm-hmm. Bust it out. Finish. Can I go play? And I'll be mad because I'll be in that jam all day trying to get my letters right. And now kids don't even need letters because everybody type everything. It's like, man, what are we doing, bro? That's cheating. Like, we not, what about calculators? How come y'all don't teach us how to use calculators? And it's because you can't, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Right. So now you do. You literally got a whole computer in your pocket. Like, you should have told me about calculators because I still don't know how to do the little, the little health symbol. What that do? Like, how does, what does that mean? Man, we thought cursive was the, we thought cursive was the future. You couldn't learn cursive until you got to a certain grade. And I remember. Yes. I used to, you know, I was, you know, you write out your letters and you see the cursive letters above, you know, the whiteboard or chalkboard. Yeah. And I would try to write in cursive and they would come over there and literally like slap your wrists. Like, Facts. stop writing in cursive. And I'm like, yo, what? So the computer thing now, yeah, I mean, and we didn't learn. So that was what, third grade? You learned confused in third grade? No, 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 no. We learned cursive in third grade. Yeah. That's when we were allowed to actually practice. And then it wasn't until sixth grade that we could use computers. I mean, we had computer class. Our computer class was a worm on a screen. On a TV screen, there was a worm, and you had to type along with the worm. And the computers was like from the eighties, bro. Like mm-hmm. I went to, a, y'all knew, you know, I went to a super duper hood school, like mm-hmm. James G. Bernie Elementary. I was a Bernie Beaver, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we had the computers. The computers it was like they only was in the computer room, which was the old AV room. Right. And Mr. Proctor, which is a wild name because he did a testing, but his name was Mr. Proctor. Like that was his actual name. Wordplay, like I don't know how they found this dude. He's a light skinned cat. He looked like uh, he like Michael Ely and Squidward from SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, the, you know, but like the, you, but but like the handsome Squidward. You know, the handsome Squidward, the little one with the face that's all. You know what I'm saying? That's real chisel. He looked like that, but he was light skinned. Um, and he had a smooth voice. He talked like he kind of talked like um, Maxwell from the singer Maxwell. That's how he talked. Mm. He talked like this. Like he was real smooth with it. And I remember he used to do class. He used to teach our computer class. And he'd be in there and teach his computers. And now in retrospect, I'm thinking, I don't think he knew how to use computers. You know why he was there. Hey man, you to collect that check. That's why. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and probably talk to the other the young teachers. Cause- I was about to say you know, after school. Yeah, that was another rules. piece. That was another piece, you know. I don't know, man. That's wild, though. Now, now as an adult, and you like their age of your teachers, it's like, man, you know they had other stuff going on. They could not care less about what we was going through. They were trying to figure out how to get their house, how to pay their bills, you know. Absolutely. Trying to get attention. Oh, Miss Miss Johnson, uh, help me, help me, man. Get out of my face. I'm trying to figure out a Tyrone that's cheating on me with Letitia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> they got whole lives, and we don't. You don't even think about that as a kid, like adults, because your life is so limited. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't even think about the, the prospects of issues that you may have as an adult because you can't fathom adult problems because you just have your childish mentality. And that mm-hmm. kind of leads us to the aging piece. Like, you know, how is it when you turn 30 or like basically not even 30 sometimes, it's like you turn over 20, over 22, 23, people be acting like you were old head, you washed almost exclusively in the black community or the urban community somewhat. Like, and I don't understand how that is because it's like sometimes at some, some point, that's like where your life really start beginning. Cause then, right. you know, especially you growing up, if you ain't have a lot of like means and stuff and you ain't really had the way to live, means to live your life the way you want to see it on your terms of growing up, you ain't have many experiences. So you go to school, some people try to have those experiences in college, you know, if you're lucky enough, you know, well now it's not even lucky cause it's ain't like college mode of business. If you could, if you can negotiate your way into a college, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, if you could sell yourself, hey, I'm this person. Uh, into a college, you could have some of those experiences at school, but even then you got, your time is limited. So then when you get into your twenties after you graduate, it's like, you still don't really have the time to live your life the way you want. Cause you're trying to have that foundation so that mm-hmm. you can begin to live your life. Cause you don't have a backdrop or a fail safe or a safety net 
if you should fall. So you're trying to hustle up to make sure you got that. And then you get in your mid-20s, it's like you don't really got time to be living your life. You're literally trying to experience things. You're trying to date, you know what I'm saying? Trying to see who you're going to settle down with and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. So by the time you're 30, if you're lucky enough to have found a partner, have steady income and a job, maybe a little nest egg you started, then you can start living. But at that point, you just wash. You can't even be fun. You can't do go do fun stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because you have things. You have responsibilities. It ain't like you can just go to Thailand and just go see a tie fight. Because it's like, bro, what if I get killed? What if I get kidnapped? You know what I mean? Or you can't go to another country and just explore unless you you know maybe an influencer or something but i don't know it's just something that seemed like it's been on my mind recently like i guess because i'm about to be you know 30 bro so yeah. i know man and you 30 yeah. right you about to be 30 saturday exactly saturday man. chris when you brought this up it triggered mad thoughts i was like yo i can go a million ways in one but yeah hitting 30 saturday january 30th steph curry day you know mm-hmm. it should be a solid one you kind of touched on a few things. One, I'm thinking, you know, when you're 18 and if you have the opportunity to go to college, the decisions you have to make on like, what you gonna study, what you gonna do for the rest of your life. And even if you don't, you go into like a vocational school, they ask you, do you want to be a career plumber, career HVAC specialist? Did you want me to try to figure that out right now? Like that's, that's just wild. And then career, trying to get started, needing internship experience when nobody want to hire you to give you internship experience, right? Trying to get an entry level job when nobody mm-hmm. want to give you entry level experience to be in the job and do well. And then as you kind of creep up, yeah, those pressures get crazy where you start thinking, oh, I need to settle down, meet somebody, procreate, and then get get real serious. Yeah. And as I'm hitting 30, <laughs> I'm actively doing those things, probably with a little bit less pressure on myself, mostly because I'm not even supposed to be here, Chris. We're not even supposed to be here. Yeah. You know where we came from, we're not even supposed to be here. So I feel like I'm playing with house money. You know what I mean? Like At this stage, I'm college educated, full-time job, pays me well. It's even something that I, I give a shit about. Like, you know, I'm helping make lives of other people better in communities. Mm. Cool. Murray, got all those things, check the box. It's like American dream. Mm. It's achieved. And now it's like sustaining it all. Now you just got to sustain it. And I think that's like the name of the game, but nobody ever expects you to really get here. Mm. Right. And then when you do that, the air gets kind of thin because the further and further you go, like there are fewer people that you can you can see eye to eye with as it relates to like your previous experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. You just meet more and more foreign folks that you ain't really had the privilege of getting to know because the air gets thinner. Uh, but yeah, bro, I think getting to this stage. I mean, it's an accomplishment, but also it's like, what do you do next? Like, what do you chart next to do? And I'm still figuring that out, man. And when you hit 30, it just changes everything. Because yeah. at this point, 30, I'm like, yeah, we're young. Because I know folks that are like 40, 50, 60, and they talking about, yeah, you young, you you don't have anything to worry about. Your exactly. shit. Like, yeah, your legs still work, right? You still got all your hair and all of that. Damn. But then once you hit 31, 32, 33, then you start creeping up. Those existential thoughts start happening. When you turn 30, Chris, what will be... Actually, no, I don't even want to go that route. You can go that route. Go. We go wherever you want, bro. So you're heading to 30. You probably weren't supposed to get to 30. Southeast DC, you were real, real, real lucky. I think we actually had four shootings, I think, on our block on uh, like 13th or something here in DC. Had four different shootings in one day. <laughs> Somebody was shooting at the, at, the, at the bus as it was passing for no reason. And some other stuff happened. I didn't really get into the mix, but I was talking to a friend yesterday and they're like, yeah, it was real crazy where you were the other day. And I was like, well, I don't know because I had the TV off and I'm in the house. That being said, Chris, you grew up here. You know people who in the shits. You made it to 30. 
I'm not going to necessarily ask you how that happened per se, but doing what you said, stay in my soft ass in the house. <laughs> stay my whole ass in the house. That's what I did, man. I wasn't going outside. I remember first. I remember we. This is a wild story. I ain't gonna get too much into it. I remember we when I was little. Me and my brother. You know, I always talk about how me and my brother were. We was real square, like super duper mm-hmm. square. Because all we did was read and talk to each other. So mm-hmm. I was very studious. I was a studious child, and I was very a very moral and reserved child. It almost it would almost come across like I was repressed, but I wasn't. It was just that was just naturally who I was as someone who not who had not interacted with people from the neighborhood. Because when I grew up. My mom did her best to move us, not to have us around the kids, kind of. Yeah. So, like, I was in daycare until I was about, I want to say until I was about five or six, I was in daycare at um, the Eagle's Nest or something like that. I, Bald Eagle. That's what it was called, Bald Eagle. That's wild. Then I grew up and went to American University where I became an Eagle. <laughs> Man, my life is weird. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of lines in there. That's a bar, kind of. I started off as a Bald Eagle, and now I went to become an Eagle. American University Eagle. Um but yeah, yeah anyway. that bar a little bit. But yeah, at Bald Eagle. And then the kids there, that was daycare wasn't really even a daycare. Like we didn't really do nothing. All we mm-hmm. did was go. But you wake up our mother boy. He goes early in the morning, make sure we put on some clothes, catch the bus, we get off the bus, get to the Bald Eagle, and they would just let us run around for like 30 minutes. And then we would go in there and they would kind of I don't really remember what we did because it wasn't very interesting. But I remember I think they tried to read to us, but I knew how to read. So <laughs> that really that didn't really work for me. So I was like, man, it's taking too long. So I would, I would be like kind of paying attention, but not paying attention, unless it was something super duper fun, you know, about like colors or something like that, or the sky or science, you know, because when you're young, you're inquisitive, you know, you want to learn mm-hmm. everything. Now when you're old, you're like, man, that's dumb. I don't need this information. It's useless. They ain't going to give me no money. And then we, you know, then you take a nap and your parent to come get you. And then by the time that happens, it's like three o'clock, you're going home. Glorified so, babysitters. Basically. And it, but it was free, I believe, at the time, which was lit for my mom, you know. The bald eagle was literally two blocks from my father's house, and I didn't know that until I got older. Wow. So my so every once in a while, me and my brother would be playing on the playground, and my uncle Kenny, he's a tall dude, tall, light-skinned cat. He looked like um Sinbad, swear to God. Like I when I say he looked like Sinbad, he burying and everything too. He looked like Sinbad. He looked like mm-hmm. Sinbad, bro. And he got the head shape, the jaw, pleasant, charismatic arena. He used to always wear gray sweatsuits and you know, with the white sock and the pant leg pulled up. Uncle Kenny was fly, you know what I'm saying? He's a fly cat. Um, he'd come and just watch us and talk to us for a little bit, and then he'd leave, and I guess he'd report back to my dad, you know, who wasn't really too part of my life at that time, because my mom mm-hmm. and my dad, they, they, you know, I ain't gonna get into it. It was, they, you know, it was, it was, yeah. it was some stuff. It ain't work. You know, it ain't work. It was, it was violent. It was. They woke up every day when they used to gather. If they woke up, it was choosing violence every day. So it was <laughs> choosing violence. Uh, so yeah, man. And then I went to school, and that was that. But it was just rough being around the neighborhood, and there was so much of an edge to the kids in our neighborhood. It was a culture shock for me, even though I lived there. And mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe it. Like the kids, everybody just seemed like they were so cutthroat. And now, as an older person and, and talking to some of them, you know what I'm saying? They was let they just be real transparent, and they were just like, "Bro, we just wanted y'all to be all right in the hood. So if somebody was to try y'all, if y'all wasn't around here, then we didn't know mm-hmm. y'all was good." And it's like that never was conveyed though, because that would have made it make more sense as to, oh, y'all were trying to toughen me up or trying to toughen us up or give us that same edge so people know not to mess with us because we from this part of the city or we from Parkchester, you know what I'm saying? We from up the nut, as people used to call it before, you know, people understanding the sexual connotation of the nut. It's like we used to be like, yeah, I'm from up the nut. It's like, what? (laughs) Nowadays you say that, it's like, I'm, excuse me, what did you, I'm sorry, wow. I don't, I'm not sure I understand what you're, is that supposed to be some type of hard thing to say, you know, 
But yeah, man, just stayed in the house, bro. It was rough. People were just trying to fight you or trying to take your stuff and all that other stuff, man. And it wasn't like people, we I ain't had we ain't had much to take, you know, and you want you want to do your best to like, like, man, stop, you know what I'm saying? Let's be cordial, let's be, let's talk this out, you know. That's my skill always. Let's talk this out, even though I was giant. So it was like in retrospect, I probably should have just been knocking people's heads smooth off their shoulders. But it's like that wasn't my temperament, even to this day. That's still not my temperament. If somebody approached me in a certain fashion, I'm like, dog, are you okay? Like, what's what's up with you? And people expect me to be, ah, but it's like, no, nah, I'm not about to do none of that. I'm just reserved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. So it's just, that's what I, that's how we did it. Just stay in the house and deal with, we could went to school, came home. If we did go out, you know, make sure I'm going where I got to go. I mean, when I was little, it was a dude in my neighborhood. He was, um, they called him, I believe, I don't know if I should even say his name. Anyway, he passed. He was a real cool guy. He was one of those, I'll be sure dudes with the hair all wavy. Like I have good mm-hmm. hair. My brother got good hair, but he had, uh, Dun, 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 you know what I'm saying? He even had that, dun, 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 you know, the little <laughs> hair, you know what I'm saying? He had that hair. He was mixed with something. I don't know what he was, but he was mixed. Your man looked like, he looked like, he looked like one of them B5 dudes. He like he's a B5. He looked like, mm. you know what I'm saying? And he could play basketball. He could play football. He could play baseball. He was fast. Oh, he got he all the hate. Tall. He got all you know what I'm hate. saying? He had the sideburn. He, he, we, he 11 sideburns. Sideburns down, you know what I'm saying? Nice fade, you know, he looked like, you know, he's just a cool guy, you know what I'm saying? Girls loving him, dudes wanted to be him, very envious, his parents, his mom worked at the post office, I believe, so they had some nice little income, so mm-hmm. he had to fly, he was cross colored down, you know what I'm saying, starter jacket, Nikes, Jordans, all that. You about to make me sad real quick. So, you know, he was a fly guy, and he ain't never really bothered me or whatever, because we all live in the same building. So it's like you saying his experience of him being like a hood star. And it's like me and my brother, like, man, we in the house reading books. Like, nah, bro, it's not for me, bro. I ain't trying to get jumped. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So fast forward, woo, woo, woo. about time, if I was 11, he had to be about 13, 14. Okay. Me and my brother lived right by the alley. Like, we, our apartment was on the first floor, so we lived by the alley. So I could hear, you know, you hear stuff in the middle of the night, you know, just people talking, doing their business, things mm-hmm. going down. And it's become your new, it just become normal to you. You don't really, you don't really put it any stock into it. You just hear oh, so they tell they dealing drugs. So all oh, they have mm-hmm. sense. Or oh, they somebody driving past, oh, it's a drive out, or oh, you hit gunshots, or oh, they screaming, or oh, they arguing, they fighting. So you just you want to sleep, like whatever, you know. And I used to sleep with my head by the window. So I remember one night I just woke up randomly, like just up. And I don't know why I was up. I was just up. And next thing I know, I just hear running. Come on, man, come on. Come on, man, you got it. I'm tired, I'm tired. No, keep going, keep going. All right, all right. And then you hear, oh, they didn't go right there. Even faster, even faster. Oh my God, there he go right there. And you, man, you, you, you know, you start cursing and then you just hear, and then, ah, and you hear, bop, bop. and you hear running. Then I just hear, be quiet. And then you just hear running again. And I was just like, what just happened? You know what I'm gonna do? Turn my head and go to sleep. So that's what I did. <laughs> Turn my head, went right to sleep. I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? It's not my business. I don't know what just happened. All I know is I'm going to sleep and I'm going to school tomorrow. I'm going to because I'm going to college and I'm getting out of here. That's what I'm doing. So uh, <laughs> wake up next day and my mom comes and she's like, hey, y'all, guess what happened? So-and-so got killed. And me and my brother was like, what? And we was like, mm-hmm. so-and-so got killed. They shot him in the head. Yeah, y'all. Because that's how my mom talked. Yeah, y'all. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I don't know if he was your friend, you know, and I ain't trying to say he wasn't my friend, but we wasn't close like that. He was in a totally different right. social, social sphere than I was. You know what I'm saying? I'm running with the kids. We talking about wrestling. This man was out here 
talking about wrestling something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He trying to wrestle some girls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't even in it at that time. I'm talking about the Undertaker, one of them, what the Rock going to do with Triple H this week. You know, I wonder what the Power Rangers going to do. I don't know what, Jack, what when Goku's finally going to finish powering up. Oh, that's what I was into. You know. <laughs> um, so I'm not going. I'm keeping it a buck, keeping it all the way funky. So. Yeah, man, I heard that. And they was like, my, my mother was like, I'm happy I had y'all take out the trash this morning. I'm screaming y'all to take out the trash because y'all probably saw some brains. And we just, I remember, I, I remember that. I was just like, ah. man, that's crazy. And it's like, that's the, and it's like his life was just over. And I remember he was dead. And I had another dude that was in my school who killed himself when I was little. In the third grade, he killed himself. Shot himself, they said. And I remember the hearing that. And I remember they offered us grief counseling and all this other stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, but he killed himself. Why he kill himself? And he was like, he did. Y'all understand he did. And I already had a concept of what death was for some mm-hmm. reason. I knew, and it's because we grew up with us all the time. And you know, yeah. you just think about it like you did, you did. Okay, whatever. But now as an adult, it's like, that's kind of traumatic. Like I just, death was so common, it didn't affect me. It's like, yeah, I don't need no counseling. Everybody's just like, yeah, man, he, he shouldn't have killed himself. <laughs> like, and that's what, that was a general consensus. Like, yeah, that's sad, but why he do that? That's dumb. And I remember that was my first time I really thought, man, if you kill yourself, why would you kill yourself? You got your one life and you ended your life before you even can make the change. Because that one's tough, man, because it gets to a point that I, I appreciate that we're, that we're going in this direction. You know, I get all I get asked all the time, like, how did you do it? Right. And even when I'm asked that question, I probably get five different answers depending on who I'm talking to. Not mm-hmm. because I'm tailoring it for a specific person. I just have a different thought every time because there were so many things you had to you have to do to just navigate. And I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to do all these things that I'm now doing. I just never could envision it clearly because yeah. I didn't think I would be able to get it. So it's actually kind of just scary navigating everything because you're like, I actually don't think I'm gonna be able to see the fruits of my labor, right? So for the longest, I couldn't even imagine myself on a college campus. I knew I wanted to go there. People are like, oh, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna go to college. But like, I didn't really see myself on a college campus. Why? Because I thought it was very likely that I was gonna die right before them. Right. Because I was just like, yeah, something's going to happen on the block. I'm going to get into it with somebody or probably more likely I'm going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to be talking to somebody I don't supposed to have no business talking to. I'm going to be in an area I have no business being in or something. In East L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> or I'm wearing red in the wrong neighborhood. I'm wearing blue in the wrong neighborhood or something. Right. Or even when we would travel to rival high schools. Bro, I remember this one time. I bet, I bet if the homies hear this, they're going to be like, yo. So I went to this, this school, high school, Elaine Leroy Locke High School, shout out. And we were in the Coliseum League at the time. This was in 2005. And we hooping and we bought to, and so, you know, we in a, we in a majority like Crip neighborhood. Mm. So a bunch of us, 15, 16 year olds, you know, a lot of us from around the way, half of us or a couple of us are not, right? Mm. And so we're going all the way to Dorsey High School where the blood's at. Like in, like right in the, Chris, when I say in it, I mean right in the shits. They couldn't have built this high school in a worse place as it related to (laughs) where I was born and associated with. And we get on this bus, four teams, freshmen, sophomore, JV varsity teams. And coach, Stephen Menace, he jumps up and he's like, yo, can't remember exactly verbatim, but the sentiment was, we're going to get there, going to get off this bus. We're going to walk straight to the gym. Don't say nothing to nobody. Don't look at nobody. Just walk straight in the gym. We're going to warm up. We're going to play this game. And we're going to go straight back to the bus and go home. We said, cool. Me, I didn't even want to go to lock. I didn't want to go to lock because I know what happened to people <laughs> when they went to lock. Right? You got caught up in the hallways. You got mixed up. Oh. <laughs> when, you, when you go to lunch, you got mixed up. Yeah. All right? My whole family went to lock. Nobody graduated from lock. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So okay. I'm like, I don't even want to be here, but I stayed. That's crazy, yeah. And, you know, I meet this guy, Stephen Minix. I meet all the homies, so I'm in it. And, man, we pull up to Dorsey, and for whatever reason, we had to go into the neighborhood to get to the school. We couldn't come off the main street. So this is the projects. <laughs> I can't remember exactly which one it is, but we pull up, and I think, like, the bus, they need to, like, stop. And these two dudes walk up on the bus, not into the bus, but they like walk up to the bus like, yo, where y'all from? Like, where y'all going, where y'all at? And we just like, yo, what? And Fred Lee, assistant coach, like 6'1", he used to be a, like a star running back for us mm-hmm. back in the day. He like, yo, yo, I got it. He like a cool dude. Low key, like a combination of like Charlemagne and old boy that uh, does Luke Cage. Oh, okay. Okay. Like he like that kind of mix. Of yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, big ball, black look. Like he got it. Like you don't like really Looking like younger from um, Malik Yoba from New York on the cover. That's my guy, Fred Lee. And he stands up and the dudes like walk up on the bus. Like they walk a couple, take a couple steps, take a couple steps to try to get up on the bus to be like, yo, where y'all, like, where y'all from? And I'm sitting there like, yo, this is, they about to get on a bus. <laughs> and then like a couple more start walking up and shit. I'm like, yo, what like what's about to happen? We ain't even played yet. They don't even know who we are, but you know what we got on? Powder blue throughout the whole bus. Cause our jersey colors are powder blue and gold. <laughs> so fast forward, Fred Lee is able to die. die. <laughs> about to die, bro. Fred Lee, he 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 my, my guy Fred, he he talks his, he talks him out of it. And then we finally pull up into the full campus. And so we're walking through Dorsey High School, a school of bloods and powder blue jerseys because we don't pull the bus up all the way to the door of the gym. We pull it up about maybe a quarter mile from the gym and we got to walk from the street to the gym. So we walking into the school, Lock High School. They know where we from. Powder blue jerseys. They know what color we wear. You know what I mean? And so we walking into this gym and man, I ain't never been so nervous in my life. Because I'm not scared to fight, but I'm just like, we are clearly outnumbered. <laughs> it's 30 of us. It's a thousand of them. And they ain't got nothing to lose. Man, we get in this gym. We sit down. You hear the, you hear the chirping from the other side. We got people on our squad that's affiliated and they ain't no bitch. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they not like, they're not scared of anything. Mm-hmm. So they ready to chirp back. Somebody knows somebody from around the way. And the whole thing is my coach is like, I need to get all of y'all home. Like, that's the goal. Win or lose, I don't really care about that. I just want to get y'all home. That was sports for me, right? Like, you had to navigate so many things, even when you were in, like, a safe space of, like, a basketball gym. When you left your safe space and went to another one to compete, you ain't really had that. So when you have obstacles like that as it relates to, like, the sports you play and even trying to get to school and walk to school, you can see very clearly why I was like, yeah, I want to go to college, but I might not make it. So to get to 30, Chris, like I said, is a huge accomplishment. A huge accomplishment. And so now... I'm just like, when I, when I say that, what more else is there to achieve? There's obviously so much more, but now I'm working from a blank slate. Now I'm like, you could just create whatever you want to create. And so it gets into that idea of like, you know, I have lots of mentors in my life. So now I'm looking at them for guidance because before it was like, you just got to get to 20, get to college, and then you get the job and then you get the girl. And then we only talk about the first like 35 of your life, right? Yeah. The first 35 is all painted out. Now it's just like, okay, now what do I do? Do I chase more? How do you give back and all of that stuff while still navigating all of the PTSD that's still kind of just rambling in the back of your head that you're trying to suppress because you're like, I don't live in this anymore, but it's still a part of me, a part of my hood tendencies. And it's good for preservation (laughs) to stay alive. But some of those, some of the the things that you have to deal with, some of the thoughts that you gain and characteristics that you build from that stick with you probably a little bit longer than they need to. Oh, man. I mean, I would assume that to be the case. But for me and my brother, I, I feel like that's not, maybe more for my brother than for me. 
Like we hung around people in a around the way. Like we used to be down Bird Farms every day because our home life, you know, it was it was hectic at times. So we used to wake up. We used to literally, literally time it like we'd wake up, and then we would um, be like, "Oh, it's twelve o'clock. Time to start making the calls." So we would make calls to all our friends. We had a little note, a phone book with all our friends, and we would ask them if we can come over. Mm. Cause it's twelve o'clock, you know. You don't want to be in the house, you know. You, you, cause we and you know me, I'm an early riser. You like, so me and my brother both waking up six a.m. You know what I'm saying? Seven, six thirty a.m., seven a.m. every day. Not, not just and then even on Saturdays, Sundays, we waking up. So it's like we got six hours to kill, but we gotta be both. You gotta be quiet as a mouse. You just gotta be quiet. So we just we like tiptoeing through the house, mm. trying to get stuff to find something to eat, you know. And if we hopefully sometimes we do, sometimes you don't. You just got you know if you don't. You checking the little change things around the house, trying to see who who turn is it to go down the street to the store and try because you know especially on a Saturday. But anyway, that's another story for another time. My friend, our friends basically taught us how to like be and move around that way because mm-hmm. we were so they used to be like if y'all gonna hang with us, y'all can't talk like that, <laughs> y'all can't be like that, y'all can't y'all can't move like that, y'all can't dress like that, you know. And it wasn't like they were giving us clothes, but they'd just tell us like, "Yo, untuck your shirt, bro." Right. What is that? But you got a belt on. Make sure you have your belt. You know, just put have it have it right, bro. Put on a t shirt. You come down here. Put on the t shirt. Why do you have a button up? We about to go walk in the woods. Why do you have on a button up? Why is your hair parted? What's happening? Like, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't say. It when those were not the words they would use. Those that's, let's just keep it. You know, back then we keep weren't so we weren't as PC as we were now. They would call us other things. Why are you dressed like a? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Why are you dressed like a? Let's okay. Why are you dressed like a bitch? You know that's. That's, mm-hmm. Let's keep it like that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and you know that's when you get indoctrinated into those sorts of ways of being and those ways of talking. And exactly, they helped us, you know, give us that age that you need to navigate, so people will leave you alone, like how to walk around and people not bothering you and stuff like that. Because me and brother used to be like bright eyed, bushy tail, like rabbits. Like, hey, what's going on? Hello, how are you? My name is this. Who are you? And we walk around, you know, just clean, just clean kids, just blank slates, not no. No edge at all. Just, you know. Just it kind of makes me off. think of New York when you're like, yo, when I arrive in New York, I immediately put on my face. And when I hit the street and I'm walking to New York, it's like, I've been there. Like, you got to walk like you've been there. And it seems like your homies is like, yo, you got to act like you, you got to act like you've been here. You ain't got to be with it with it, but you, you got to, you got to, you got to relax a little bit. <laughs> but it's not even, it's not even like, act like you've been there. It's like, you got to be, a, you got to be, you got to present yourself as a predator. It's not a been there thing. You will act predator. like you've been there. Act no, like you've been not there. Like, no, it's different from look, being com- looking like you're comfortable and looking like an animal. Like you had to look like an animal. Like that's the thing. And that's what I'm trying to describe. It was a, mm-hmm. me and my brother had to basically stop, like, yo, y'all look like food. You can't be with us and look like food. So this is what you're going to do to not look like food. Oh, okay. And that's what it was. Because we like bait. Yeah, because we hung with people. They wasn't like, and I'm not no French, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They was all of our friends and stuff. They wasn't the real, like, super duper tough guys. All of them had hands. Like, you know, they had hands, all of them. But it wasn't like they was out here trying to knock people out every day. We, do, we did have some homies, though, that we made through school that was like that. And that you was a totally them. different, but that was a totally different type of conversation. Like, I still remember Tony O'Reilly. I'm going to say his name, because Tony O'Reilly, whenever I see him, it's love now, you know what I'm saying? But when we was little, it was a rough time. It was so. It was a. It was always a conflict. Whenever it was something, it was just a conflict. And I remember we ran into each other when we was older. We was in the same little program, the fly program I talk about, Americans. And I remember he's like, "Man, you know, Chris and Kiggle, man, you know I like y'all, right?" And I was like, "What? You wanna? You you like me and my brother?" He's like, "Yeah, I like y'all. I think y'all cool. Like, but y'all just so soft." And I just needed to know that if something happened. Y'all gonna have my back, so I'm gonna beat y'all until y'all start. So y'all, so I can get y'all hands up. And I was like, "What? 
why not just try to dismantle a situation? Why not talk it out <laughs> with somebody? He's like, no. And he's like, well, and I was like, why didn't you say that when we first start interacting? You know, that's what I'm gonna call it. I was, why didn't we start interacting with each other? And he was just like, I mean, I don't know. And you know, you kids, you don't have that wherewithal to think that he just like, I like this person and I might want to be friends with this person, but I'm not sure I can trust this person if I get jump on fighting. So I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna beat him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until they learn how to fight. And then one time, you know, you know, I, and we still never, and that was a thing. Once he told me that, I made it a thing in my head, I ain't gonna never fight Antonio Red, never. Never gonna fight him. And he and, and he used to bother him so much. He'd flinch at us and we wouldn't jump. And I'd be like, he's like, man, you know I beat you up. And I'm like, man, listen, man, I'm not, you supposed to be, you my friend, bro. I know you are, you know, we cool. Like, and, I'm, and I just genuinely believe, personally, if you somebody your friend, you don't have conflict with mm-hmm. that person point where it come to blows and you mm-hmm. know me and you have had conversations where you've had those sort of thoughts for people we know mutually yes. and i was like yeah and, I, and I, I remember i told you that i was like bro friends don't fight friends and you was just like nah i'm gonna beat his ass <laughs> and i was just like you, friends you don't messed fight up you got to catch these hands and, and i was like nope friends don't fight friends mike you need that type of friend you need friends i don't need him duh. nah you do you do and then um but yeah, so that's just something I always carry with me. And I remember that was the first moment I made that choice. Like, dog, if somebody ever challenged me for real, I know what it is now. And I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it a thing not to fight them. Cause I mean they just like me and they wanna they wanna see if I can hang with them because they want me to be tough like they tough. And if they really wanna rock with me, they gotta realize, dog, I, I just know I got your back if something was to happen. But I ain't about to fight you because we friends. And if it's like cause to me, we fight we if we fight, you know, it's I'm about to I'm going, I'm going for the kill shot. I'm going for kills. Yeah. I'm not going for I'm not here to fight, I'm here to end. <laughs> I'm here to end. I'm going for the neck and punching you into the, you know what I'm saying? I'm stomping, kicking you nuts. I'm slamming you. Like, it's that's what's happening. I'm slamming you on your head and I'm going to stomp your head when you hit the ground because I want it to be over. It's not like I'm on, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm L-ing you out. <laughs> yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Southeast DC, Park Chester. That is the mindset <laughs> that you... <laughs> You you just you, these are things you navigate. You like you only can see somebody get jumped and stomped out so many times as a child before you realize, oh, if I'm fighting, I can't go down <laughs> because they're going to kick me about my face and neck, which means they can mm-hmm. kill me. And that means, oh, so I'm not going to fight these people because they're not fighting me; they're trying to kill me. <laughs> that's, that's murder. What they're doing is murder. That's murder. You know, like I remember the first time I got jumped. You know, and I was just like, this is the last time I get jumped. And that was the last time I played in Parkchester. Me and my brother both made it and said, we got jumped. For what? I told you the story, right? We was playing with the basketball and they tried to take our ball. We wouldn't, we didn't uh, have I, a I basketball. Didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't know basketball was in your life before this That's year. That's why I don't play basketball. Wow. Because of that moment. I, I, I literally made the decision. I had to be like eight or nine. Second grade got jumped by the big kids. Like they 10, they like 14, 15, they giant. And it's because me and my brother giant. So they yeah. don't see us as kids. Cause we like, we, we, they hype if we in second grade. So like, you know, me and my brother won't have a basketball, but we got a kickball. I'm like, man, I'm, you know what? Everybody's I'm tall. Maybe I should try playing basketball. This is where my mind went. Maybe I should just mm-hmm. try everybody. Cause everybody always would see me and my brother and try and get us to hoop. And we would never want to hoop because of all the movies and stuff, people that hoop. They always in gangs or drug dealing, and that's something I never wanted to be a part of my life. But I was like, man, you know what? Maybe this is an outlet or something I could do. So we shooting around on that, and I remember the kids came, and you know, you know, you know who the, the troublemakers are, you know, and then and your 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 enemy your enemy ears go up. There's an enemy up nearby. <laughs> so you look at it, you just try and ignore them, just keep shooting, keep shooting. So the kids come and they try and take our ball. No, I remember the kid who looked at me like. Like, give them the ball so we could get out of here. And I was like, no, man, they're not taking our ball, man. It's the only ball we got. <laughs> we just trying to play basketball. So mm-hmm. I immediately go into a diplomat. Bruh, leave us alone. <laughs> y'all doing what y'all doing. We doing what we doing. We not trying to bother nobody. We just trying to play on basketball court. And I remember I said that. Like, as a child, like, no, we not bothering nobody. 
We get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, y'all Mr. Tough, y'all tough. Y'all go hard. Me not trying to go hard. I'm just trying to shoot basketball. That's it. It's nothing to do. You it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Key. Yeah, kind of. Like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's early. Why y'all bothering us? <laughs> it's early. It's too early for this. We came over here because you know what? Nobody's going to be over here. And we ain't want to play in the, in the parking lot because we've been doing that our whole life. I remember they, when I said no to that man. Next thing I know, swing, weave. Oh, nah, swing, swing, weave, weave. You know, they start going to my body, which you can't weave on your body. You, at the same time, I'm strong. Push, they fall to the ground. <laughs> they flying away. All right, and then me and my brother just hit. Start running. And I was always like, bro, I ain't never playing around here no more, bro. They trying to jump us for playing on the basketball courts. Why? <laughs> why? You know what? And that's why I ain't played basketball for my whole life, basically, until I got to fly. And even then, it's like everybody be practicing as a basketball. And remember, I was like, mm, nope, not going to practice. I'm just going to play basketball here at camp. That's it. Not going to the court, so, because I might get jumped. I'm not buying to get jumped. <laughs> so These are like the small examples of like the everyday shenanigans. These are like everyday shenanigans. Like yes. every single day there was something. And then as you get older, you have to learn how to navigate that. And it's weird because the more, when you do eventually snap on somebody and do something, then they won't be your friend. And that's another thing I've always learned too. Because I realized I also had the capacity for violence that they got. I got the same capacity they got. It's mm-hmm. just I choose not to do that. And I remember you try, and when you try to convey that, it's like, man, I can do all the stuff you're doing, but I'm choosing not to do that because I want to do more. I see you as a friend. I see you as a brother. You know what I'm saying? We in the same community. I don't believe that me and you should have problems if we see each other every day. It just mm-hmm. don't, in my mind, there's no correlation. If you see someone every day, how can you have a problem with that person? Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm going through the same struggles. It's just that's, and that's something I, I recognize young. Like, it's just like, this don't make sense. We in the same situation. Why are you and I at odds? Let's be at odds with the person that's against us. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but like I said, making it to 30 is a thing, but you be watching it old and it don't make sense. Like, it's just like, it's an accelerated path for black folks. It don't make sense. I don't understand. And I wish that's something that, and maybe it's because it's so such a mystery after 21 of what you're supposed to do. This is Beyond Hood and Evil. I mean, yeah, man. And this is, um, I'm Chris. That's Mike over there. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, be sure to check out Moodify when it finally launches. Your one-stop shop for accountability and wellness and health. And be sure to check out stiffworks.com for any branding or graphic design, social media asset needs, man. And that's the episode for today, man. Bye. I appreciate you, baby. Appreciate you too, man. Peace.